What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual refugee camp for everyone affected by Thanos Snap. So what's going on with you guys this week? Thank you for joining me again. Thanks for coming back. And if you're new, welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. If you were been around for a little while, you know we've been doing the uh, watch party of all the Marvel movies in the Marvel timeline order. And uh, so thus far, we've done uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, followed by Iron Man and Iron Man 2, The Incredible Hulk, and today we have Thor, Odin's son. So, um, yeah, and um, just for a little sneak preview, next week we get the Avengers. Um, We're moving right along with our watch party list. As we all know, this week has been a uh, huge, huge movie week as far as uh, movies that have been released for the holiday push. We got Aquaman, we've got uh, Bumblebee. Just last week, we saw the opening of Into the Spider-Verse. And then, you know, a couple of other movies that are not of a sci-fi nature or a superhero nature, but are noteworthy uh, in the in and of themselves with Mary Poppins and uh, Holmes and Watson. So big movie week. And uh, I'll be going to see uh, Aquaman. That's my, my next thing on my to see list. And that is very soon here. Have you guys subscribed to to the podcast? Are you sharing the podcast with your friends? Have you rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes? Or if you're an Android user on Podcast Republic, which is something I really just found out about uh, doing a little research about other places uh, that you may be able to review, Podcast Republic for Android users. So if you are an Android user and that's the only thing that was stopping you from dropping a review, go over to Podcast Republic and leave us a uh, a five-star review. Another thing that um, is new for this week, besides the knowledge of Podcast Republic, is I, I got us a phone number. So I'm not getting any emails just yet. And then, then um, the participation on social media is, you know, it's, it's an average participation rate. And, you know, I've got those who I know are going to participate. And then those who I kind of trying to nudge into the participation part of uh, being in the community. So I got us a phone number. And um, you guys can just leave voicemails. That number is going to be 832-426-3835. I'm going to go ahead and post that on the Facebook page, which is after the snap, or you can join the snap survivor group. Both of those are on Facebook on Twitter. You can find me at snap after Instagram is after the snap 2018. And of course, good old fashioned email is at after the snap at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show financially, assist in uh, upgrading the equipment and curtailing the cost of production. We do have a Patreon page. That Patreon page is patreon.com slash after the snap. You can uh, become a patron 
at with as low as $1 per month and as high as $20 per month in all the little spots in between. And there are perks for your uh, patronage. If you would like to just give me a one-time donation to the podcast, that can be done at paypal.me slash after the snap. So paypal.me slash after the snap. And that is all the business. That's the, we got that the hard part out of the way. We should jump right into Thor. So Thor was released in 2011. It was uh, May 6, 2011 here in the States. It was directed by Kenneth Branagh. The budget was $150 million and it grossed $449 million. So it was a successful uh, debut for Thor. It's a successful debut for a feature film in 2011. And in the year 2000, right around that time, they were actually just considering making Thor uh, a made-for-TV movie, and it was going to air on the UPN. So I can't make this stuff up. It it went from being, okay, in 2000, we'll do a made-for-TV movie, but then they waited. And they get all the way to uh, 2011, release it, make $450 million off of it. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it was 77%. So say it with me. If it's 77%, it is certified fresh. Right. Metacritic, however, got a 57 rating. And that's kind of telling the story of this movie. And audiences enjoyed the movie initially. And then we had that... Uh, the group of Hydra agents, they call themselves, they pass themselves off as uh, fans. And in a lot of ways, they really are just looking for something to complain about. So they were complaining that uh, there were elements of the film they didn't like and certain chemistry they didn't think was there and this and that. And it is reflected. You can tell that there was a different range of, of a feeling behind this movie by looking at Rotten Tomatoes sitting at 77% and Metacritic being 57 just average you know so just something to think about as far as uh, the response to the movie okay so this movie was meant to have a Shakespearean vibe uh, and that's one of the things that lots of fans hated but you know uh, what Marvel was going for with their phase one releases was showing uh, different genres using the characters that they have in their arsenal. So again, um, you had the kind of drama from from, uh, Iron Man and then you had a a monster movie and Incredible Hulk. And then here we are for this is kind of of a a mix between Shakespearean and a kind of gladiator North Norse mythology kind of deal. It was it it is part of the character's history, is part of the character even in the comics. So people who continuously get upset about the 
Shakespearean nature of Thor is just kind of it's kind of funny to me because I'm like well what did you think you were going to get we're talking Thor he's a Norse god <laughs> speaking of which I liked the way they interwove uh, the Norse mythology part with the uh, Asgardians involvement with Earth because of course Earth is Midgard and it's one of the nine realms that uh, Asgard is sworn to protect and they ended up uh, having to come to Earth and wage a war because of an invasion and they showed it was basically they were here and they were in Norway which would make you say okay this is why the Norwegian people uh, worship these these what we're going to call as guardians because they're in Marvel right now but worship them as gods or recognize them as gods I won't say worship but recognize them as gods so just another thing they they, they kind of uh, wove that part into the story and I liked it um, this uh, this movie begins the tradition of the Thor face plant. <laughs> you know, it's like almost every movie Thor is thrust against the windshield of something. And we've seen it over several movies. This is the first time. So when um, when he was struck by uh, Jane Foster's whatever kind of vehicle that was she's driving and he kind of just landed on it face first. This was the first time we saw that, and we now have a, a history of him doing that. So that was great. Um, speaking, of course, of the title character, Thor, we could have possibly gotten Chris Hemsworth's brother, Liam, as Thor. He and his brother were the like among the last people left standing in the auditions for Thor, and... Chris won out and I I can't say that uh, I can't say that I know a lot of things that Liam has played in of course I know the name I know that also that there's another one too there's another Hemsworth I just can't remember the name we would have gotten the Hemsworth no matter what unless we would have gotten Brad Pitt because he was up for the role as well or we could have gotten Triple H and if you are a fan of uh, wrestling and you know the Triple H is a wrestler in the WWE. And he does, especially in 2011. I think he would have given anybody Thor vibes. You know, I don't know what he's looking like now. I kind of stopped watching wrestling. Don't don't jump on me for that. But I, I haven't watched it in years. But during that time, in the, in the early 2000s, I would say that, yeah, Triple H would definitely have made a good Thor. Um, we could have gotten Tom Hiddleston for Thor as well. If you're a fan, you know that Tom Hiddleston is uh, Loki in the MCU. And the director made the genius decision of not casting him as Thor, but of going ahead and uh, making him Loki. And there were other people up for that role as well Jim Carrey and Josh Hartnett were both uh, up for the role of Loki in the MCU I'm so glad we got Tom Hiddleston 
and his range. Um, Idris Elba, you know, he plays Heimdall, and uh, Heimdall is the gatekeeper, keeper of the of the uh, the Bifrost on Asgard. And to prepare for the role, Idris read all the Thor comics that uh, prominently featured Heimdall. And he, he made sure that he did the character justice, that he got the character right. Um, Sir Anthony Hopkins, was, that's a genius casting as Odin, along with Renee Russo as the uh, mother. She was perfect as Frigga. But then Sir Anthony Hopkins. When you when you think of Anthony Hopkins, you just think you you can think of any movie and what he brings to it. But there is a scene in this movie, and I'm going to insert that clip somewhere where you where there was improv, improvisation. Basically, it was when Thor was screaming at Odin, calling him a, a old man and. Because he did not want him to go to the Jotunheim and uh, basically retaliate for them coming over to Asgard and trying to uh, steal back that casket. So he, um, Thor is yelling at him and all of this is improvised. And I just want, that's what I want you to see is how good uh, the chemistry between those actors are where the director said can say go off script and they go off script and you get something like that so i'm going to insert that in here somewhere are done, you'd stand giving speeches while Asgard falls. You are a vain, greedy, cruel boy! You are an old man and a fool! Yes. I was a fool. To think you were ready. Father. Hey! Son, you have betrayed the express command of your king. Through your arrogance and stupidity, you have opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war. You are unworthy of these realms, unworthy of your title. You are unworthy. I now take from you your power in the name of my father. Okay, and then I feel like Natalie Portman did an okay job of uh, 
as, as Thor's love interest, uh, scientist Jane Foster. But she didn't sit well with many uh, fans who complained of a lack of chemistry between Hemsworth and Portman. And I didn't get that. And maybe it's because I'm looking at it in uh, a different way. I'm looking at it as she's a scientist. So she's not necessarily guided by emotion. She's kind of guided by uh, by facts, by, by things that can be proven. Not, not the feeling, but what can be proven, what she can see. And um, I, I thought that she did a good job. I thought that uh, if she would have brought too much emotion to the role, then she would not have been doing justice to the Jane Foster character, especially with her being a scientist. We can see how the connections to the other movies uh, continue. Beginning with the post credit scene of um, Iron Man 2, with, where we see um, Milnir has landed to Earth and uh, has created that crater in New Mexico. I also learned that in ancient Norse, Milnir means grinder. That's just, I don't, I don't know why. I just wanted to include that. <laughs> um, the Norwegian village where the uh, war, when when um, Asgard came to Midgard to, to protect it from the Jotunheim, that Norwegian village is the same village that Red Skull invades to steal the Tesseract in uh, Captain America First Avenger. So, it's not as if we were watching this the way they were released, we would not have seen that movie yet. But we've watched that movie first because that came first in the chronology. Um, Thor's hammer being forged inside a dying star, which is, of course, Nidavellir, Nivadelir. I can never say that. Nivadelir. Um, piece of trivia, tri of trivia about that is uh, when a very large star dies in a supernova. Sometimes its remains collapse to form a neutron star. And these objects cram the mass of the sun into the size of a city, forming a new kind of matter nicknamed neutronium. A single teaspoon of this material would weigh billions of tons. So if Milnir is made from this material, it would explain why it's so heavy. It would explain its weight. Okay, we also see uh, mystical relics in Asgard's weapons vault, including a gauntlet and the Eye of Agamotto. Now, of course, we haven't run into either of those items just yet in the MCU, but we know that we do. We will run into them. So now the question remains, how did they, how does uh, Doctor Strange have the Eye of Agamotto if it's sitting in, in Odin's vault? And where did this gauntlet come from? Who used a gauntlet before thought before Thanos? So to answer those questions, in Thor Ragnarok, um, Hela Hela kind of fixed the uh, continuity by going into the vault and saying some of the items were fakes. So that is how the continuity of the Marvel Universe was saved. 
in that scene from uh, from uh, Thor Ragnarok. Now the original script was a long sucker, <laughs> and it it was uh it describes Thor as an Old Testament god who becomes a New Testament god, and I thought that that was a good description because in the in the beginning the first half of the movie uh, Thor was vengeful vengeful he was ego he was like very full of his own ego he wanted to uh basically and he he was thirsty for war and then you know coming to earth <laughs> coming to earth and living amongst the people who once worshiped him as a god he uh he learned a different way and became what they say in the description as a new testament god and that is just another one of those things that i didn't think of when it came as it pertained to this movie but it's another one of those ways that religion just is is referenced just enough you know it's not a overt uh reference of religion but it is another way of interweaving religion into uh, your movies. Yeah, that script was was very long. It was trimmed down because it was going to if they would have left the script as it was, it was going to cost 300 million dollars to make that movie. And there's no way an inaugural effort of a uh, of Thor was going to get a $300 million treatment before an, a proven Iron Man would get one. No way. <laughs> okay, now Stan Lee's cameo. Um, you know, when Mjolnir came to Earth, nobody could lift it. Nobody could move it. Nobody was worthy. So the question was then, what? Are, how are we going to get it out of here? Well, everybody wanted to take a stab at it. You saw all of these big burly guys from the town trying to move this they were coming from miles around trying to move this hammer nobody could move it then we see one guy hook it up to the to a truck and try to tow it out and that guy was stan lee so <laughs> and it just tore the whole back end of his truck off and, and he looks out the window was like well did i move it no, the only thing you moved was the back end of your truck. It is no longer part of your truck. <laughs> so, uh, post-credit scene is Nick Fury instructing Eric Selvig, who uh, right now is controlled by Loki, but he's instructing instructing him to work on the Tesseract. And uh, of course, we know that that brings us to the next movie the next movie is avengers 4 excuse all that little background noise i was just putting things down over here so and and that that is uh all the trivia news and stuff like that i have about thor um i liked thor and I think I am among those who thought it was uh, a good introduction to the character. And I think once we get a little further, that middle movie is where it becomes most problematic 
uh that's that the dark world and uh i think because of the dark world people started being retroactive and saying yeah i hated the first one too you didn't hate the first one because the first one again made 450 million dollars and it has a 77 percent on rotten tomatoes and i think the audience uh score was like 76 percent or something like that it was not a hated movie we can stop with that this uh it can be argued that natalie portman and and chris hemsworth had no had no chemistry as uh jane foster and thor that can be argued because if if you look at it from a, a point of view where you're looking for her to show uh different ranges of emotion i can understand why you would think that and and i uh you know, I can agree in a lot of ways that she did not show a lot of emotion. But then I sit back and I think about it from like, she's a scientist. I, I don't even expect her to show a lot of emotion. Um, so it's just a potato, potato, tomato, tomato kind of thing. And then, you know, we move on. But to say that the whole movie is uh, was among the worst in the MCU and those types of things I think we are we are jumping the gun and and I don't think I don't think that's a a fair assessment of Thor I thought that was a very good movie good enough for me to say that on a scale from uh one to five I'd probably give it a 3.5 3.5 on a scale to one to ten would be about a seven so my 3.5 will equal a 7 on the scale from 1 to 10. And I still think that that's a good movie. Um, what do you guys think? What, is, what were your opinions of Thor? The casting? The movie itself? How about the way we review these? Uh, or the, the way I recap the history of that movie. Do you want me to do more in-depth of... Uh, breaking scenes down of the movie or do you want me to just continue to give you this information give you facts and uh, sprinkles of uh, opinion let me know and and um maybe you can make a difference in the way I present the material yeah so I don't have a whole lot more uh about Thor um didn't see a whole lot of theories that I wanted to share this week. There's a, there was one or two, but maybe I'll incorporate them into another episode because it, they're not so groundbreaking that I need to share them today. Um, tomorrow is the last episode of Titans over on DC Universe uh, for the first season, and I'm very excited about that because we will get to meet. The Batman in this episode and I'm I'm just geeked because um I think the Dick Grayson character the former Robin he has not adopted the name uh Nightwing yet but I believe that's coming of course it's coming it can't help but come and uh, I think it will be tomorrow when we culminate uh Dick Grayson finally releasing robin into the uh into the universe and adopting the nightwing character and then when i say dick grayson his robin character 
in this movie is brutal. He is brutal. He doesn't kill anybody outright, but he beats them so bad that they probably wish they were dead. And, you know, to, for him to have been uh, trained under Bats uh, for for most of his teenage years to his young adult years, um, I would think that they're trying to go that direction with Batman in this series too. Batman is not going to be a major player uh, in this series, I, I don't think. I believe that he's only there to uh, move Dick Grayson's character move his storyline along but where would where would uh that version of robin learn to beat the dog shit out of somebody the way he stomps people yeah he beats them without to like within a inch of their life and then you know he may leave or and in in um one episode he actually ordered the death of uh of a character more on that when I when I uh, review recap the entire first season of Titans and if you have an opportunity to uh, subscribe to DC Universe do it do their seven day free trial and just do it and, and watch nothing but Titans you will not be disappointed if you are an international uh, listener you guys will be able to get uh, Titans on Netflix because I don't think DC Universe is is available outside of the US. So lucky you, you'll be able to stream it on Netflix for, you know, the, the same flat cost that you 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 usually pay for Netflix. And um hopefully hopefully you guys like it. I I think this was uh I think this is one of the best series. Uh that revolves around superheroes that I've seen in a long time. And I mean, as far as television goes, so will not be, uh, you will not be disappointed. Also, uh, following Titans, the new season of young justice, which is an animated, uh, animated series will be coming on DC universe. And there was a huge announcement that aqua lad, from that series has been or has been or will be promoted to Aquaman. And that means quite a bit because Aqualad appears black. So we know he's an at from Atlantis. And uh but the character has already always been portrayed as uh a melanated character so it is a, another exciting thing because regardless to what people told you or what you think representation matters that is why the the, the whole universe is going crazy over uh black panther uh this miles morales and now called door from uh justice league i mean i'm sorry young justice we are seeing strides being made to uh include other groups besides uh white men as heroes and i think it's fantastic and um i i am excited to see what else we're going to get 
because honestly, the, I got two DC black heroes that I would like to see. One of them was said to have been in works and one of them I have not heard anything about uh, a movie coming into works. But one of them is a cyborg uh, with Ray Fisher. We heard that they were going to go ahead and make the movie uh, cyborg and then you know the the plug kind of got pulled after justice league i hope they go back because if they notice their standalone films do great aquaman is doing great wonder woman is doing has done great and um standalone films are doing great give us cyborg and then you can give us a, a, a Superman and a Batman standalone as well. But give us Cyborg as well. Thank you. And Flash. Thank you. The second character is Static Shock. And Static Shock, depending on... Uh, Static Shock could be done in a Young Justice kind of way. Because he was a black kid who kind of... Uh, what they called bang babies. He was kind of in the area of a, an explosion and it granted them their mutated genes and they got these powers but if you've not seen Static Shock it's also on DC Universe but it's an excellent show and I believe that it would be uh, it, would, it would make for a great movie and to actually do the Young Justice uh side of the justice league wouldn't be a bad idea even if you just did it in not just the animated series even because but dc's animation is is great but even if you wanted to do something live action i think that would i think uh static shock would cross over well uh to live action as i do cyborg we are getting another uh latino hero with if they do blue beetle the way that he uh was done in the comics or on the cartoons he's always been a latino uh player so hopefully we get that and we get it done correctly so yeah there's lots of stuff lots of things uh coming out of dc they are enjoying some good press and i'm you know happy for them. and uh I'm going to be actually going to see Aquaman, the last movie tonight, because uh, do my, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kind of sneak out of work <laughs> and go see the, uh, the like midnight showing. So yeah, I'll be there tonight. Very, very, very late this evening. So um, let's see, what, I, what else do I have for you? guess I don't have much else um I'm thinking Christmas episode and then I'm also thinking I got this review for Aquaman to do so maybe this would be a perfect time to throw in a bonus episode somewhere in there and I think uh you'll be getting one soon I just I can't, I can't put my finger on what date I'm gonna have to do two episodes somewhere so there will be one soon um, I have nothing else. I would still like for you guys to uh, consider going over to iTunes, joining the party. Go ahead and uh, give us a five-star review and 
tell me what you think of the show and uh, fill my 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 uh, inbox with a bunch of messages at, at, on Facebook and you know give me something to do to uh, and and a direction to go to prepare for the next shows. Now, mind you, I'm gonna have stuff to talk about no matter what, but I would like to tailor my conversations to stuff that you all request. So if you have something you want to tell me what you uh, want to hear, 832-426-3835. You can go ahead and leave a voicemail message and I may play your call on the air. So um, just let me know if you are like, no, I don't want my call played, <laughs> my voicemail. I would like the voicemail to stay between me and you. If you tell me that, I will as if you, same if you send me uh, emails or anything else, if you want it to be confidential, it's confidential, but I would like to make this an interactive show and I would think of no better way than to uh, be interactive than to share our correspondence. Um, here's an online store that you can go to. As a matter of fact, got a new website address it's mcu mcu after the snap.com and there you can there's a donate button where you can just give me a one-time paypal donation there's a, the snap survivor shack which is the online shop and we got a few little items in there you can take a look at see if it's something you like and i am um scratching my head trying to figure out how I've got some things to figure out and tweak with with the web page, but know that the web page is there. MCU after the snap dot com. And uh, yeah, if, if for nothing else to go to the uh, the snap survivor shack and that donate button is there as well. Um, so let me think now. I gave you the phone number, gave you the website address. And uh, Patreon, that's the same, patreon.com slash after the snap. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Facebook is after the snap or the snap survivors group. Uh, Twitter is snap after. And Instagram is after the snap 2018. That's how you can find me on all the social media. You can email me at after the snap at gmail.com. You can call me. I'm going to give the one, number one more time. 832-426-3835. You leave us a voicemail. Tell me what you're thinking. Other than that, since there's nothing else, I'll catch you on the flip. <laughs>